0: of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
1: Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me in the locker room. I'm Alan Locker, mind-body expert and former star of Guiding Light and One Life to Live. Sonia Satcha is stopping by today to discuss her upcoming release of her debut book, What If It Were Easy, using movement and mindset to create success in life, love, and business. The book is available for pre-order now and will be released on October 17th. Sonia's mission in life is to help people find their core purpose, overcome fear, and make their dreams a reality. Since 2005, she has become an expert on the mind-body connection. She founded her award-winning wellness company company Modicize, which gives clients the tools to set their life in motion. Certified as a life coach, holistic health coach, hypnotist, and neurolinguistic programming practitioner, she has presented at UPenn School of Positive Psychology, Aquinas College, Cisco, the Entrepreneurs' Organization Global Conference, the Grace Institute, and dozens of other high-profile companies. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the locker room, Sonia Satra
2: hi how are you I'm well how are you I'm how was great. your seller ah it was great I actually just got back from Brazil <laughs> wow. I know turns out we have like a lot of relatives there
1: <laughs> I have relatives that never i I've met them but I've never been there well wow sorry I was in Iguazu Falls, I think on the Brazilian side
2: yeah oh. I didn't Iguazu Falls. I hear that's amazing. But oh, we
1: were... I highly, highly recommend it. Sometime. Uh, yeah. Did you enjoy it?
2: I did. I did. We were in Curitiba, which is where I guess a hundred years ago there was a, a painter on the Norwegian side, um, which I know a lot of my family. But he apparently went to Brazil. Things were tough in Norway, and so his dad was in shipping, and he took a ship to Brazil and. There he landed and decided to stay and he became kind of a famous painter. So there's a museum for him, there's a statue in the park, there's a Alfredo Anderson Week in Curitiba um, oh, right. yeah. so yeah, so it was kind of interesting to learn the history and to meet all of that family. And then we went to Rio as well, which is a beautiful city. I'm really
1: I would like to do that sometime. I do like South America. I've been to Argentina. So,
2: ah, yes, yes. <laughs> I did Argentina and Chile many years ago with my mom. And that's what was cool too about this trip. It was, I went with my mom and my two sisters, and I think it was the first time the four of us have traveled together alone without like spouses or kids, probably since childhood. So that was uh, well, yeah. amazing. amazing! Yeah. You know,
1: the fact that you were able to do that is amazing. You know, it really is. It, it is. It's so important. I think that if anything, we learned through the last couple of years, like spending time with your family and quality i mean you don't get more quality than that
2: (laughs) absolutely not and my mom is she's 91 and in amazing shape thank god um but you know it's like yeah but come on 91 and traveling to south america
1: exactly that's something you 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 must be One hundred percent accurate that she's doing well because that's a big trip. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big trip for her (laughs) age. Exactly. I mean, Uh, yeah, ah, ninety-one. That bravo! That's incredible. Well, congratulations on
2: the new book. Thank you. Thank you. So exciting. So exciting. (laughs) It's finally here.
1: My audio just went out. Um, There it is. Um, and the book is available the day before my birth. Huh. Uh, I keep seeing the audio. I don't know. darn it. What is happening? Sorry. I can hear you. Now.
2: Can you hear me
1: now? I sure can, yes. <clears throat> The book is available uh, on October 17th, day before my birthday.
2: Ooh, good. Happy birthday.
1: Uh, so tell me, why why was Now to put all you've learned into this book?
2: Yeah, oh, Why Now? I feel like Why Now has been going for a couple of years. It just took me a while, right? Uh, when I started this, I'm like, I'm going to do a book, you know? And I had never dreamed it was going to be quite the process. Um, but I think now, actually is a perfect time you know the way with the universe was looking out for me because i think we all did learn a lot during covid and i think being sort of isolated and being forced to slow down a little bit really looking at health and wellness and uh i think there's a um a real awareness now and appreciation and desire for more mind body and more connect like connection And that's what this book really is about. So it's still goal-oriented. It's still about achieving what it is that you're wanting in life, your core desires. Uh, But it's through a very unique mind-body process.
1: Which I think is interesting, too, because I think uh, the last couple of years have made us think about what we want to do. You know, many, I, like me, I lost my job, you know, mm-hmm. started this at, because of that and, other, you know, got a new job. But, it, I, you know, many people have started new things during this transition of the last couple of years.
2: Yes. And more and more I hear people say, you know, I just don't want to go back to what I was doing. I don't want that. I really do want to do something that's meaningful, purposeful, something that I feel passionate about and... That's fantastic, because I think that's where you know when we're getting an when we're in alignment, one you get to attract it faster, and two, you're just gonna be happier and healthier for uh years <laughs> absolutely you you mentioned
1: the process and and when did you start thinking about putting this to paper?
2: oh gosh um so when did I start <laughs> um I probably started about four years ago, actually. It probably was. And in, in my thoughts, it was going to be sometime, you know, twenty, the end of 2020, 2021. And then, obviously, the world changed significantly. Mm-hmm. And during that time, it actually got a complete overhaul and a complete rewrite. Uh, and then maybe another rewrite. So, <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, I think... Part of the motor size and the mindset reset process is so is so different and from what many people think of. Uh, you know, we're used to therapy or maybe even coaching now, um, and we think of exercise and being the gym and getting in shape. But the that hybrid of putting them together is very unique. And uh, so I felt like it was kind of important to get it on paper where people could be guided through uh, the process and have videos to go along with some of it. So. Uh, that was really what inspired it, and then, you know, yeah.
1: How I, did you find uh, the process?
2: So that was that was definitely also a works in progress. Um, I, you know, that I mean, the full full story uh, going back into my acting day, um, the very very first time I even did anything like motorize was right in between it was kind after guiding light and before one life to Live. oh yeah, yeah i just and i will get to that i meant yeah the, the actual the, what, the motorized process so i i you know i think when i was i was i just had my son and i was uh still trying to do a bit of everything i was trying to act and coach and speak and my husband was an entrepreneur and full-time and now I, I had two kids instead of one and i just was i had like 20 minutes at the gym yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what my- Not a big workout, but I made it. And, uh, but I wasn't doing all the mindset stuff that I thought I knew was so helpful and important. And while I was at the gym one day and, you know, the blaring news was coming at me, I was just like, gosh, it would be so great if I was doing the mindset stuff while I was doing this, you know, new mom, right? You're looking for anything to save time. Like just put them together. That's efficient, effective. Let's multitask and get everything done. (laughs) So... But it was during that, that actually ironically, or not so ironically, I was running on a treadmill and I was just thinking, well, what if that did happen? Like what if there was a series of questions that was around a goal that I really wanted? What if I didn't use, was guided to visualize something? What if, you know, using all the mindset tools that I had kind of learned and put into exercise. And so that day I literally would stop, you know, every five, 10 minutes and take notes on my phone and start running again. And, um, And then I stuck it in a drawer (laughs) (laughs) that's what you do when you have ideas and you're like, nah, that's crazy. Uh, And it was, I was working on something else at the time. And it was a few months later when I was building out the business plan for that. And I kind of pulled this up and my assistant at the time was like, this is cool. Like, well, how does this work? And uh, I was like, I don't actually know. I just was out a treadmill one day and thought that this might be really helpful. I wish I had something like this. And that was when we started to, to break it out. I started with her at first, and then we pulled in other people and beta tested it. And, uh, till we kind of fine tuned the process. What was the order of the questions? Cause it's a, a seven step process with a variety of different questions. And we started to combine the movements with the mindset. So you could anchor it into your body. Uh, and Yeah, that was really how it started to develop until we felt like, okay, we've got this. This is the process. This is the Mindset Reset process. And that became no size.
1: What do you hope people take away from the book most?
2: Most. Can I give two answers? Um, Because I think... My passion, my dream, and you said it at the beginning of this, but it really is is for people to to live their core dreams, their core desires, to really go for it, to believe in what's, in what's possible for them. So that is the first and foremost that I hope, I hope that I can inspire people to reconnect to their dreams and reconnect to what they want and start going for it. Um, so that would be number one. And then number two, I think, is to really have a new understanding and a new appreciation and uh, to really tap into this incredible power and what I like to call body intelligence and that mind-body relationship. Because when you really tap into both of them, just amazing things can happen. You'll come up with answers that were buried inside. You have them. They're there. I really believe everybody has that knowledge inside them. But We overthink things, you know, we're sitting at our desks and we're thinking and we're thinking (laughs) and, um, and it, and it doesn't come out, but the movement sort of starts to bolster it. And it's, you know, people will say, well, I went out for a walk and I came up with this idea. Well, that's not a mistake. There's actually a variety of things that are happening in your brain, in your body, in the chemical release of all those good feeling, uh, dopamine and, and, um, And serotonin, oxytocin, all of those things that will inspire, um, new ideas. We know when we move, we're more focused, we're more creative. We are better problem solvers. And incidentally it taps the motivation center of your brain. So people often say, oh, you're going to motivate me to exercise. I'm like, yes and no. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) You will be more motivated and you'll be motivated to go for and achieve the
1: things you really want in your life. I love that. Um, Rebecca says, Congratulations on the book! Ah, thank you. And I don't know this person's name, their initials are BWF. They say, My gosh, even more gorgeous with age. <laughs> <Aw>. <laughs> thank um, you. Take, take me back. 19 years old, you set out to Hollywood in your beat-up Honda Accord to become an actress. Where did your love of acting begin?
2: So, I I really think that I was one of those people that somewhat maybe was guided, but through accidental um, falling into it. Um, Because... I didn't necessarily initially come out of the gate going for it. It wasn't like I was that kid actor who was in every one of their school plays. I did do a few of them, but I wasn't that that child. Um, I was playing tennis with uh, my mom and a local photographer saw me and was like, hey, would you be interested in doing this? Hair ad for a local Montclair. In fact, I think uh, it was Montclair, right? I'm Montclair. here,
1: Scotch Plains. I'm, here. I'm in Scotch Plains. Yeah. Wow.
2: wow. Okay. So it was a it was a salon that was in Montclair, and I, you know, it's like sixteen. I was sixteen at the time. I was like, sure, I'll do a hair ad. You know, when I was getting free hair product. <laughs> it's like a big deal. Yeah, for <laughs> and, uh, <sure. laughs> But it was so fun. I really enjoyed it, and so then I thought, well, maybe I could earn some extra money doing this. And um, especially once I got to college, then I really thought that because I was, you know, working in the dining hall and that wasn't so fun. So I was like, that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, And, but I didn't know anything about it. So I looked in the help wanted pages back of the paper back in those days. And, you know, pretty much every scam in the book was in the back of, you know, models wanted. So I, I, probably got lucky where I ended up. It could have been a lot worse, but it was one of those, give us $10,000. We'll make you a star. And, uh, didn't have it, so I didn't pay it, but at that point, um, you know, I came from a family of intellectuals. My mom was a professor my father, even though he wasn't with us was a professor my two sisters, my oldest was in med school. The other one was going for engineering school and Hey, I want to be an actress. We didn't have a lot of contacts in that industry. Yeah. (laughs) So I, she, through a friend of a friend, um, knew someone at a Spanish news station, and uh, she put me in touch with an agency. When I met them, they were like, yeah, you're a little young, and they put me in touch with a children's agency. And they actually didn't do much modeling. They were a commercial agency. And I was there with my little portfolio thinking I was going for modeling. But it was they had me read a little Pizza Hut script. And um, I guess I did it well enough. And they were like, yeah, this is great. Would you like to go out? So I started auditioning um, and totally had beginner's luck. I, I booked the first commercial I auditioned for. It was for Grocery Chain AMP. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> dating myself. Me <way> yes. <laughs> <Well, you> too. Me <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then mom sending uh, me out to A and and P. Exactly. <laughs> it was right really down the road. <laughs> uh, and then I did a McDonald's, and then I just fell into the whole fast food thing. I McDonald's and Burger King, Kentucky uh, And, and then you decided to to head west. Well, then I thought, well. This is interesting like you get paid for this.
1: to <laughs> uh, hey, so the
2: Right, exactly. Yeah. Um although I remember my second commercial where we're like oh you have to join SAG and you have to pay, you know, it was like $800 again dating myself. Um and I was like, what? You got to pay to do this commercial what kind of job is this? <laughs> Little did I know it was like my gold card when I went to LA. Uh but then I took, I took an acting class at Rutgers, which actually has a, a very genius oh, yeah. Bill Esper, um, you know, so I had some really good acting classes and my Many t- acting alum are from yeah.
1: Rutgers. Terrell Tilford, yeah. Tom
2: Pelfrey. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know what Tom was from too. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's an excellent program. And so I didn't actually become a theater major. Um, but I took a a number of the classes and then my agent sent me out for some other legit or theatrical stuff. And, uh, here's another irony. Guiding Light was my first legit audition. I'd never auditioned for a TV show and Guiding Light was the first one. It was for Mindy. And I actually went to the screen test. Um, the end in my first one, I remember it was with Betty Ray, right? I think yes. like, yeah. Right? And she's yeah. just like looking at a blank resume. <laughs> and,
1: and that that probably was to replace Mindy or was it, do you, what year do you remember? A long time ago. Um... Good <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It definitely, uh, I mean, in, lady, 80s, well, Krista Tesco, I think, started as Mindy early 80s, 82, 83 Three. It would have been out of that. And then they were, she left after three years. So 86, they started replacing her. You know, they had a few people after her. So you might have been in line was, with one of those. Yes,
2: I was in line uh, for one of those. So went to the final screen test, but did not get it. Uh, interesting. And such a,
1: I mean, I can see it with the blonde hair for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. But, you know, things do work out. Right? I guess they do. That became the beginning of screen testing and not getting it. (laughs) I always tell people, don't give up. I literally screen tested for every soap I auditioned for, and I went to the final round eight times before I came back to Lucy on Guiding Light. That's a lot of screen tests. That's a lot of like how close and, you know, they negotiate your contract. So you're already like putting money in the bank and, you know, figuring out what you're going to buy, <laughs> imagining being on TV and the magazines and all the rest of that stuff. And then nope, back to the drawing board. So, yeah, it's. Uh,
1: and, uh, and you talk about that in the book about facing tons of rejection, Um but you say you learned the tools that would ultimately land you the role of Lucy. Can you describe those tools?
2: It was because I I really learned fast because I started um, getting rejected a lot, and I mean I fell into it right, literally fell into it, and I booked the first, the third. I was getting all these commercials. It seemed easy. Oh, what if it were? Um But well, it, it
1: was-, was, and that and that is a deceiving and a hard. I can only imagine at a young age for anybody, anybody, because you, it, it gives you a, a fake sense of yes. that confidence.
2: Absolutely. You just think, well, I can do that. I've got this, you know, um, this isn't so bad. And whatever not everybody's problem is. You know? <laughs> and you're like, Oh, now I do. <laughs> so, yeah. So then I, um, yeah, so that's when I started to study mindset. When I, I was a couple months into being out there and having all these, I you know, auditions and there. I don't even, you know, if I got called back on them, it was just like, yeah. And then, and then you know, just the ridiculous amounts of reasons why you don't get things, <laughs> right? Which a lot of times oh, have nothing sure. to do with you. Right, sometimes yeah, they nothing. don't.
1: Yeah, a lot of times have nothing to do with you. Did someone introduce you to mindset? Because you say you you know, started to study it out there. How did it, you know, come into your world out there?
2: Um. So you know, I probably have to credit my um, my first husband, my ex husband, <laughs> who well, he was he was in management, and he was kind of into my. He had started to study it. And so he would always buy, you know, tapes or books, and I started to listen to them. So I did start listening to a whole variety of, of people early on, and then I got sucked into the Tony Robbins infomercial and, uh, you know, bought his pack and did it, like, religiously and... uh and I was really, I was I, I was pretty enthralled with that. I was pretty fascinated. I was like, this is really powerful. And so at the time, I think there was a moment in time where he was trying to franchise. And uh, so I did one of his franchisees or weekends um, with, so he wasn't there, but it was a smaller one. And at the, t- at the time, his head trainer came in to just kind of check it out see i was doing i think he was friends with the guys who were who were presenting um his name is joseph mcclendon the third a brilliant coach himself and also still does tony's stuff uh but he came in and i kind of became friends with him that weekend and he gave me his card and months later, after many, 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 many more rejections, I called him. I was like, Hey, I don't know if you remember me. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if possibly you could coach me. <laughs> it's probably a good I didn't know like how big he was at the time because I might not have had the nerve. But and he was amazing. You know, he's like, Of course I remember you. Yes, let's do this, you know. And it was about three or four months after that that I booked Guiding Light. It was, it was very transformative and that's part of what gave me the, the knowledge and appreciation of how powerful mindset really is. I mean, it's kind of everything. When you come from a positive mindset, when you see things through that lens of possibility versus the lens of impossibility, the world opens up or closes down accordingly. And so uh, it was a huge learning lesson and i was really into it i really loved it so i started uh after that also i did something called heart math and i did hypnosis heart, yeah. heart math that's also fantastic yeah is they it start...
1: is the first word is it
2: heart like your
1: heart, heart that's what i thought
2: i wanted to and sure. math like the subject Dang math on. yeah put together it's actually a company in colorado and uh they're doing some tremendous work. I, I never and heard I, of that as a term, heart math. Heart math, like, yeah. Make it up after. Definitely check it out because I think it's really, really um, great work. And they really they they they'll hook you know they'll just have your finger like in a um, in a little like almost like you're getting your blood pressure. Taken. Yeah, yeah. Or not blood pressure, but you know, and they're whatever that that thing is that yeah, they stick on you the oxygen, and it's connected to a, a screen. And so it will show almost like your heart levels. And it's interesting because when you are thinking of something negative or stressful or makes you angry, you know, you could see it. it's almost like an EKG. It's like <laughs> stress levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're guided to start thinking about something more positive, something more loving, something from a place of gratitude or It's amazing. All of a sudden your heart level will just start to, I won't say it flatlines, right? But it starts to go into an easy flow. And that became a little, that became a bit of the measure. When you are in that easy flow, your body is not stressed. So you're not operating from that lower brain, that fight, flight, fright part of your brain, you're operating from here prefrontal cortex or that higher thinking brain so you're more resourceful you make better decisions you're more creative all of those good things that you want to be none of us operate at our very best from a stress especially not from a chronic stress place
1: no stress stress sends you spiraling Most it
2: people. does most yeah, people. Yeah. It can but, be like a bit of a motivator if you got to get something done. There can be some good stress, but it can't be this constant, and it, it can't yeah. be that place that puts you over the edge. So, yeah, so I was really intrigued by the heart bath. So, I, I had a, a really great, I think she's still doing it, Shavakar. She is doing. A heart math teacher, so that balanced out probably the intensity of Tony Robbins, who's like, "Oh, they element is a little more chill.
1: It's <laughs> funny. I mean, not funny, but a fan just said, "Stress is a killer." Sometimes, literally, and it, it is. I mean, managing okay. stress is a really important, important thing. Um, take me back. Uh, did you? How many uh, audition screen tests for Lucy did you have?
2: Um. Do you remember? The- Probably, (laughs) I I think that stuff is locked into your memory forever. That one was probably the most like traditional. So I had the 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 audition. I remember I screen tested. I mean, not screen tested.
1: Now that was not Betty at the time. I assume, right? Um, Glenn, no, it it
2: it wasn't. And I was in L.A. at the time.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought so.
2: Yeah. Uh, That person I actually don't remember who that was. I'm trying to think but I do remember the callback Jill Farron Phelps was at. Uh Um, I do remember that. because I remember really feeling connected. It was a role. I had actually had I was doing some coaching on another audition and I was saying I was going to the screen test and the coach was like, do you want to work on it? And I was like no. (laughs) I was interesting. I I was like, I kind of was like, I think I'm good. I don't want to get in my head about this one. I kind of feel this. And, uh, and so, yeah. And I remember that audition went really well. And then I was called in for the screen test and I screen tested with Rick, who, you know, a brick and, uh, He's
1: Back in Jersey with us back. here.
2: I, oh. no, I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. But so that was, and that was my ninth screen test. I remember being in New York, like, okay, here we go again, you know? And I don't know. I think you always get nervous. I, I don't think that ever goes away. But by that point, there was a part of me that felt like, you know, if it's meant to me, it's going to be. Um, I
1: mean, you have nothing to lose at the at that stage, really. Only you really Everything to gain, everything to gain.
2: Yeah, I hadn't thought that on all the other ones, which is probably why I didn't get it. But um, by the time I got to this one, I really did feel that. And I, I, I often joke, especially with my coaching question, my coaching clients, because I, I, uh, I do a lot of sensory and body, body work in my coaching. And smell is a very powerful um, sense. And we don't always connect to smell. But when we do, it can instantly take you back to a moment. And, uh, I hope that guiding light one was whoever in the scene, I was supposed to, I was imagining somebody I knew and their cologne. I swear to God, I think I could still smell that cologne today <laughs> and it just automatically gives me that feeling. And so I remember that and it was so sweet. I was, uh, I think I said that in an interview and Roy Seinberg, one of the producers, yeah. like. He's like, that's so funny. He's like, I use your audition tape as an example of how to, how you should do it because you came into that scene with so much going on already. And I was like, you do? Like, I thought that was just the coolest thing ever, but I really believed it was using some of all that mindset stuff that I had already started to learn. That smell like connected me to this character, to this person and set me into a place where I felt like when I entered into the audition, like I was already in a place. And I think that, well, and then I probably felt connected to the character and was maybe supposed to get that, but that was an interesting little- You were, and, and as the
1: fans say, everybody loved you as Lucy. When you look back on those five years and playing Lucy Cooper Spaulding, you know, what are you most proud of it and end of that experience?
2: Uh, I, I only have the most positive feelings about that show. Everything from, it was my first big deal. I had booked a pilot, but the pilot didn't go. So this was the first real show that I booked that I did outside of just like one-off spots or guest stars or supporting. So, and I knew that there had been a huge search for Lucy. I think I found that out actually after, also probably better. <laughs> it's better yes, way better. <laughs> Thank God I didn't know that before. But um, and and I remember Eva Larue. Uh, she was I was friends with her. She's just like you have no idea how big this character is. I was like, it is. It's <laughs> so a little pressure starting, but I felt like I learned. Oh, so much. And it was such a great set. Like everybody on that show, especially when I got on, was really nice, really supportive. Of course, being in the Cooper family and working I mean, with Rick. Yeah. I mean, you were it's like a
1: you dream, know, right? It is one of the
2: most beloved guiding like
1: families for sure, the Coopers. And here, yeah. you know, and Spalding's not so bad either, but you had Rick on one side and Justin and Frank. I mean,
2: exactly. Uh, uh, on the other right i mean how much more you know is like lifted up could you possibly be I, I can't imagine really how much better that scenario could have been so that made it fun and uh and you'd started to have that feeling of being part of a family and i learned it
0: is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win
2: huge for me you know i that was a really big deal and uh i i worked you know thank god i never had that but i know a lot of people who have been in that
1: well so i I could assume you heard from a lot of people which is a very um i don't know the right word but a powerful humbling thing when they are opening up and sharing that with you
2: so so much it really makes you realize when they say you know uh, the privilege of the stage you know and and to really be in integrity with that boy I got that it it felt very real um and I remember when I got a letter from a young girl who said I was raped the same day Lucy was and when you got help I got Oh, the still make me cry.
1: Me? You just made me cry. Wow. I
2: know. It was so moving. I wish she was ever out there. Boy, I sure would love to talk to her someday. But, oh, um, yeah. You know, you know, if she's ever, if, if she she's ever watching,
1: reach yeah, out sure to me would. and I will connect you. Um, Was that Jill who put that story together, Jill Farron?
2: It was. It was.
1: Did, do you remember her coming to you and telling you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your reaction?
2: Everything from total fear to you know, um, I don't know that excitement was ever really the word I would use right. to describe it, but sort of a, uh, you know, I was, I was, I, I was up for the challenge. You know, I was excited about adrenaline challenge. Adrenaline was kicking in and and the responsibility and I knew it was a big responsibility because I knew a lot of other soap opera actresses had, had done phenomenal jobs in that and I had heard what they had heard and their experiences and so I knew it was a big deal and I, I wanted to do right by it, it was important to me. So I did a lot of research and reading and I spoke to uh, the head of the uh, sexual crimes division in New York City and she gave me a lot of really great information. and. And actually, it was after that story too. I had, um, I had taken that self, def- I taken a self defense class. You know, I think I was going home every day kind of wrecked by these the storyline. And somebody had given me a tip about the self defense. I was like, maybe it's a good idea if I take. <laughs> you know, I might be feeling a little vulnerable right now. And as one would expect, there were a lot of people in that class. that had were taking it to sort of gain their not power. Surprised me, yeah. That does not surprise me. And and, they, good, and good for them. That is a, you know, they,
1: positive mind taking action uh, uh, and not. Uh,
2: and they were very generous in sharing with me their experience. And so I, I asked the writers, actually, I did go to Jill and the writers and I said, could we incorporate something like this into the show? And they did. They brought this that team, that group that I had done the self-defense course with in, and we, they did do that episode. Slightly shifted a little, because they brought um, Justin and Buzz in to kind of play off of me, uh, minor, minor little, um, thing, but everything else was 100% true to the, the the experience. And I was really grateful for that. I thought that was smart on their part and uh, cool that they, they they heard that, listened, and did it.
1: I mean, it really, um, you know, so many people can say so much about daytime, but there are some really great things that help, you know, the audience who are tuning in every yeah. day you know Absolutely. there is some Absolutely. something to to learn from watching you you uh go through that experience as a as a character and an actress. Um you,
2: and know, that's, you know I also just if I could throw in too because I think I, I you know that was followed up with the whole story with Frank Beatty and the whole like <laughs> that was nuts but powerful too. And oh. I you know Frank was freaking genius in that role so again right being in a position of working with another person who is just so brilliant and so generous as a person and an actor too so uh, i felt like i went from like okay here i am learning and here i was in a big storyline and here i am in another huge storyline with all of these people that were just around to kind of help ellen bade
1: your challenge for the rape story? And then the one with Frank, but Frank's challenge as well. well that was a challenge.
2: Yeah, that was, that
1: story. That was you know.
2: Oh, oh yeah, on, on camera and off camera, you know. And yeah, and I certainly, you know, I know a lot of people know. And um, but yeah, that was that was an interesting period of time, really. And yeah, uh, yeah what can we say? It was uh, there was just so much, so much to to to. To take from that experience, uh, and I'm just I'm I'm happy he's seemingly doing well now. And
1: I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I've talked to him over the last you know since we were going to have you know did the show together. I've you know he does seem in a good space. I hope. Um,
2: yeah, and I actually weirdly I I've had multiple incidents since then with other people who were going through a similar thing, and I felt like that put me in a position or in a place where i could understand i learned a lot through that you know and i did a lot of research obviously so i could understand what the heck was going on and uh it really put me in a position to be able to help these other people or at the very least to be a support in the right way so uh it was it, kind it's of
1: interesting how you were put in the path to learn yes. that so long yeah. ago and then have it come into your
2: come back well, several times so it that was very interesting and I always look back to that too like there is a reason for that too
1: it, it, it's crazy how things happen in, in in such a way as I said after five years you, you made the choice to leave um but you talk about the nagging feeling you had about the future after leaving can you describe?
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know, choosing to leave is a, is a hard thing, uh, you know. So when it said, oh, it's kind of like a velvet coffin, you know, it's like you could stay here and you can live here for the rest of your life. But um, and it's comfortable and it's great. And you have a family and it's a phenomenal job and a great experience. And I could have stayed. And sometimes I think maybe that would have been the right decision. But there was some part of me that felt like, what if, what if there was another character out there? What if I could try to do something else? And I was still young. I wasn't attached in a property. Like if there was ever a time, that was the moment. And so I felt like I had to, I had to take the risk. Um, but when you take that risk, when you make that choice, there is no doubt that feeling of like, oh gosh, now I have to live up to that, you know? And and that was For sure, when I became, that imposter syndrome took over, was like, maybe that was a fluke. Maybe that wasn't a good idea. Maybe they're all gonna figure out I can't do this, you know? And it really permeated every part of my life. It really did. It was kind of amazing how that could take over again, where you look in like the positive lens, the negative lens. (laughs) everything was through that lens of like, I'm never going to work again. I'm going to lose everything. Why won't anyone hire me? Why can't I do this? See, I shouldn't have left. That was a mistake. You know, like, Oh my, I was like got this great role. I had all this and now I just threw it away. Oh Lord.
1: Are, aren't we the biggest self saboteurs of ourselves? <laughs> I mean, I think everybody is. I mean, yes, it, it, me it's, do. It's, part of, it's part of life, but you know, you look where you are today would it have would you be here today if all of that those choices didn't take place
2: I don't think so I don't think I would be I really don't and so I am I'm glad I took the chance you know and it wasn't so fun at the time but it was you know worth then in the end it's because you grow and you learn and you're better for it and I am in a place now where I have a pretty powerful understanding of both sides of that because I feel like I lived both so sides. <laughs>
1: well, the like, way wow. that you you know use the same tools to create your own you know that you created Lucy that you created your own failure, but then you you know got sort of the grip back and changed yes. course and got one life to live. Yes,
2: well I did because I you know had started studying the mindset before I had started and a lot of. You know, I used to sit and visualize myself being on TV and imagine getting the show and I would imagine all my auditions working out great. Like I actually did that exercise frequently. I would, you know, I would ask really good questions. All right, what's one thing I'm going to do today? What's an action? What's an action? I was, I was relentless on taking action. I was, you know, and if I didn't work out, I was like, all right, you need to pull yourself back up. Let's get back on. What are you going to do today? to to keep going. And uh I do, you know, affirmations and gratitude journals. And I really did all of that before I got guiding light. And uh and then I <laughs> I, and I sort of used the tool, but not in the right way, when I was doing it through the the eyes of sort of the imposter syndrome. And so I would spend a lot of time visualizing my failure.
1: <laughs> you know? and don't many of us, we let yes. those those uh, thoughts sink in and it's not, I, I, I'm nowhere like you know the expert you are, but I, I know we all let those negative thoughts come in and it's hard sometimes to push those away.
2: Absolutely. And you sit there and you'll start ruminating right over this and you'll start imagining these scenarios that haven't happened. Right. But we're putting out the energy and the vision for it to happen. And uh, so it's so important to have the awareness of where you're putting your thoughts, because I can tell you from experience, you will attract those things or you'll gain those things if you think about it long enough. And uh, and it did. So I did. And, you know, instead of I, I took action, but I also took the action with the energy and with the belief that it wasn't going to work out so it wasn't like what am i going to do today that's going to get me closer it was like all right what am i going to do today to get rejected i think i've even said that like internally you know i was like who's going to turn me down today you know it's it's kind of shocking to me how different it really was but how much that little and i say to people sometimes it's just the smallest little ship that can make a huge difference Um, but it, it was, and then, you know, I wasn't,
1: uh, you know, the, the time to look back and realize all of that. Absolutely. You know, know, now you can understand where you were at that point, but.
2: And 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 it, and it doesn't happen like all at once, right? It becomes a gradual process and it builds on each other and it becomes, you know, what some would call a self-fulfilling prophecy. I was, yes, I was doing a really great job at achieving the goal of not working (laughs) because that was what I had sort of put out as this is like, it's not going to happen. I'm going to lose everything. You know, I'm not going to have any money. I'm going to have to go home. I'm going to have to tell people I couldn't do it. You know, gosh, all those conversations I had in my head.
1: I think those are (laughs) real fears. We all real fears. We all have, right. You know, about, you know, being able to keep your apartment, you know, or making that phone call, oh my God, mom, I i haven't worked in six months or a year or 10 years or, you yeah. know, those things can help, you know, that stress level go up.
2: I, and exactly. I was so glad you brought that up because every one of those thoughts, if you know, when I'm putting my little finger in that thing and checking my heart, Matt, it's like, <laughs> right? And you stack that and then you have an audition which doesn't go well because you're going in stressed with all of this stuff and then you don't get it or you don't get a call back or you're told you're not good enough in many different forms um then it gives you the evidence to prove your negative belief is true because we're always kind of seeking evidence and we're human beings annoyingly are sort of primed to look for the negative evidence instead of the positive evidence <laughs> And so that's the one that we'll, we'll latch onto, and it gets very locked into our emotional emotions and our nervous system and, and it just grows and grows and grows and so, yeah, it's, you know, I, you can spiral down, but the good news is you can spiral up too, and it mm-hmm. starts with how you, you shift your beliefs.
1: What was your experience like on One Life to Live?
2: So that was a very different experience, I can say, from <laughs> um, guiding light. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was lucky because again, I sort of, I was working, I, you know, I was working with good guys. Um, so that was really. Who costly. did you work with there? I was in between Kevin and Joey Buchanan.
1: Oh, <laughs> and which ones were they at that time? Because I know there have been multiples.
2: Ray, right. so, goodness, um, let me recall those names. Let me come back to you on that one. Yeah, I'm blanking Somebody for a second. Will. Chime in. Help me out. Yes. Me I'm literally like blanking on names in that. I don't yeah, want... That's okay. Sorry. It's a long time ago. Yeah, but they were great. And there were some such nice and talented actors on that show as well. But there was a lot more... um mm, a little more ego-driven, maybe a little bit more huh, not as much, attitude. Not as much
1: camaraderie, maybe.
2: Not quite as much camarader- camaraderie. Yeah, a little more attitude on it, a little bit more, um, you know, so, I don't know if selfish, but me sort of mentality, uh, a little less. You know, people used to call guiding light the blue-collar soap. You know, we were, like, stuck over at that studio over on there. <laughs> We were all crunched together in small rooms. And part of that, I think, lent itself to this really kind of familial atmosphere. We were sort of on top of each other. And, um, well, life to live wasn't that much bigger, really, but it it, it definitely, it, it, it had a, just a different air about it. Mm-hmm. So I actually had an, an incredible year <laughs> um, because I felt like when I first came on, there Again, a little bit more, you know, uh-oh, threat, right? But I knew I wasn't there long-term because I had signed a short-term contract. And so I wasn't really getting caught up in all of the stuff. I usually don't anyway. I'm usually pretty <laughs> ignorant yeah, of yeah. all that stuff. Well, I'm like, you know, anything of what's going on? I'm like, no, actually, I don't.
1: Uh, was it Kevin Stapleton or Timothy Gibbs as as Kevin?
2: Both of them.
1: Both of them. Oh my god!
2: That's,
1: That's Kevin. That was Kevin Buchanan, and then Joey might have been Don.
2: Don, or, yes, Don.
1: Um, that. Don Jeffco.
2: Yes, Don Jeff. Yes, all three of those ama- All of them, amazing guys, fun to work with, really great actors. So again, I was kind of like in my little insular protected bubble um and that that was nice and and I really got to play something I had never played before Barbara was a little nutty um and that was kind of fun and uh I I think I kind of did sort of lay all the cards on the table there because I kind of knew it was not a forever thing and that was fun I, I don't know it was a really it was I had a I had an amazing year there that's, that's awesome I know candidly, awesome. part of me was like oh I wish I could stay I, you know I shouldn't have signed so quickly
1: <laughs> when well, you got to you know watch Frank Beatty do a little crazy you know as Marion Crane you know so having yeah. the chance chance to you know to do
2: it myself exactly yeah.
1: absolutely disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you left acting uh, to become an expert on the mind-body connection, and you created your award-winning motor Size, What led to the, the decision? Was it easy to make that choice?
2: Oh gosh, no, not at all. And it took a little bit of time. Um, you know, when I had, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I felt like, oh gosh, I'm never going to work again. Back to never going to work again. I think that's an actor thing, right? Um, and then I came back and I realized, nobody actually remembers you were gone and you just pick up where you left off. It wasn't that big of a deal, but I was doing that. And since during that year I was pregnant, I had gotten my coaching certification. So I was also starting to coach. And then I kind of fell into a Toastmasters group with a professional speaker. And I learned like you could speak for a living. I would never even imagined you could do that. And so I started to sort of tap all these different things and i found myself really being pulled i really loved kind of that coaching and that helping and that and and the speaking that was interesting to me and uh, and so and and the acting was good but it didn't kind of fill my heart in the same way and but it was everything i knew it was everything i'd worked for it was my identity up until that point so the idea that i was going to leave it felt like i was quitting And I didn't, I wasn't, you know, not going to be a quitter. (laughs) That was very ingrained early on. You're not quitting because you're, you know, like when you get rejected, you, that constant thought of not quitting, quitting is not an option. So like I had programmed myself, that was not an option. And now all of a sudden it felt like that was what I was hitting up against. And, uh, so I just, I, I, you know, I kept going, but I kept and I kept doing more and more in the other world. And I finally, there was a day I had an audition. It was a request, uh, audition for a law and order show for a regular character and, um, and a speaking opportunity. And I had to make a choice and I chose the speaking opportunity. That was the day. And, and you never turned back. Well, I can't say I never turned back because I've still done some acting stuff now, but I never turned back in the way that I did. And it was a, you know, I sobbed for hours. (laughs) I felt like it was, you know, coming up from the depth of my being, you know, it was a really, really, really big deal. But I... I felt like it was what I was supposed to do. And so, and when I, and that speaking thing just sort of lit up my world and that really started to change um, what I was going after. So yeah, I stepped away pretty fully at that point. Like I called all my agents and said, I'm not going out anymore. Um, And I did that for a couple of years. And then, I don't know, I think I did one of my husband's projects and it was fun. Mm -hmm. And then I still kept in touch with my manager and he called me on something and I did something else and I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. <laughs> and then I did go back for a second and I got a manager and a, a new, another manager in New York and an agent, and I started the audition process and I was like, Ugh, I, my heart is not in this anymore. Like it used to be like, I
1: just. Oh, well, it's so different from the period where we were talking about it. It is a completely different world today
2: totally different totally different so i i can say that you know i have turned my back completely i've still done stuff i just did a movie right before the stripe um something called gretzky's office that was kind of fun um and then uh another one of my husband's projects that's coming out on netflix called cowboy wars so i actually have a few projects that are coming out on keep us us posted uh, Definitely. Will. Now that you and Rick are on the
1: East Coast, we should get you on stage doing something.
2: We should. See, when you say that, then I'm like, yeah, let's go do it. it. it.
1: <laughs> I you know, love that. Well, like
2: I want to, sh- to play a role on something. I I would do it like I would totally do it.
1: Well, uh, you know, there's That's also really a difference bad. of needing to support your, yourself, pay your bills. You don't need it necessarily for that. Right. You know, so you can do what you'd like for fun, which is, exactly. a, a, I think, a lot different way to to look at a, a world, whatever business world that is, acting, you know, a restaurateur. You know, if you don't need it and you're doing something for fun, I think it's a whole other experience.
2: It is. And, you know, last year I did this, this thing. I started to work with the shaman a little and I did what they call a wisdom quest. And so it was a 10 day thing five day nature solo where I was out in nature all by myself and all I had was water, you no know, food. And then we did a we did a sweat lodge and we did um some plant medicine stuff. And we also did what's called a Sphinx code reading. So it was really determining what my Sphinx code is. And I now can do that for other people. It's amazing. It literally is like your life's purpose is in this Sphinx code. It's incredible. Um so now I can do that for others. But In my Sphinx code, I actually am what they call a catalyst. And so my purpose is to help catalyze others into doing what they're supposed to do, to help catalyze their life into their dreams. And so it was kind of affirming when I saw that and learned that and felt that I was like, you know what? That is what's in my core. That is really what makes me light up. And so reacting brought me to this place i still love it i'll still do it from time to time but i think i'm actually living on purpose right now and that's a pretty amazing feeling
1: powerful yeah, yeah. what do you think that 19 year old who headed out in her honda accord would think of uh, uh, the sonia sacha today
2: you know what? I, I think she would be proud of her, too. Like, I think she would be, that 19-year-old, what I think I love most about her was that she was ready to take a chance. It was not the path of my family. It was, nobody had done anything like that. I had absolutely no idea what I was in for. Boy, did I not have any idea what I was in yeah. for, And not right? easy.
1: And, it and not, not easy. easy.
2: Yeah. No. So it was a risk. Every step of the way, it was a risk to lead, guiding light. It was a risk to step away from acting. So I felt a, like a risk. I'm sure to start motorcize to a write a book risk to start that to write a book to do uh, to do everything. And I think um, it is through those risks, through that out of your comfort zone, that you grow and you really get, uh, you know, you really you thrive. Actually, it's really what will make you happier and healthier and. And and more aligned like you, like you're you know, this show is like so amazing for you. I love that you're doing this. And I and I'm sure it came out of a hard place, but it's it yeah. it forced you, it was a risk to do this and you did it. Like that's so cool.
1: And yeah, I never when... thought I'd be doing it. And in the book, I love um people pick up the book, but the the great story you opened the book really with, you know, helping your husband. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's a great story. Um, I want to share. Diane says, I have followed Sonia since Guiding Light. She's amazing. I love her motorized blogs. And Rhonda says, I follow Sonia as well. She's very inspiring. And I've done a 360 in my life and going after my heart's desires. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you, guys.
2: Thank you. That's what I live for. Really. I love that more than anything. Thank you, both of you. Really. So great. And kudos to you for taking the risk and following your heart. That's absolutely. Um, how are your
1: teenagers doing, Kaya and Ty?
2: <laughs> They're doing pretty well. My daughter is off at uh Boston University and, uh, she's a, she's a, t- she's a spiritual kid t- too. She's really very, she's, she's a she studying. Uh, you know, right now she's a little in general stuff, yeah. but she, she, she was in a, she just came out of a philosophy class and she's like, I love this class. Mold. <laughs> so she is quite the little philosopher. I think she definitely, there's some future in something psychology, philosophy related. And, um, and my son is in high school and he's doing so great. I'm so proud of him he went to thailand this summer in vietnam with a group talk about a big risk that was a full month away uh on the other side of the world and was that hard for mom and dad it, it was it, yes yeah yes and no you know i think it was but seeing the pictures of course it's my dream trip i'm like how is it that you're going on my dream trip?
1: you, you made it happen for your style which is beautiful I, what what an amazing experience as a high schooler to have that, to 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 be introduced to the world of travel at such a young age is so important. I think it's the best.
2: And you know, it was so cool. He came back from that trip and he's like, you know, one of the biggest lessons I learned was not about like the travel or the Thailand, like that stuff was so cool. He's just like, it was around relationships. He's like, when you're positive around people and you compliment them and you look at what's good, they really like that (laughs) he's like and then people want to be around you more and it's so easy to choose the negative and the you know the the gossip stuff but when you stay out of that and really stay positive kind of changes everything i was like is that my 15 year old
1: (laughs) (laughs) thing.
2: wow i was like that's worth the trip you know and Fades like you can't you can't buy that lesson to really come out of something like that with that that awareness was really pretty i was pretty wow. proud of well,
1: i will read one more before i let you go amy just said sonia is actually my coach and she's a true inspiration less than a year working together and she's turned my life around i'm so unspeakably grateful to her and for her
2: oh amy he's a <laughs> rock star She is one who's like taking a risk and, and following her dream. I'm going to call you out, Amy, if that's okay. Cause she (laughs) came to me, you know, with a whole bunch of other stuff. And then, you know, we sort of, she had this thing about a book, you know, maybe we want to write a book. And she had a very cool concept. It was like, but you could tell it was like what she really wanted to do. It was like, you're going to write this book, damn it, you know, and in that process it changed into a fiction, which is her true passion. She just wrote a first draft, which is fantastic. She is a, such a talented writer, and there was a person who was like, you know, kind of negate. You know, you sort of press it away, like that's a crazy dream. But she took the steps and the risk, and I, I think many of us, sadly,
1: do. You know, we we push those things.
2: So. It's e- it's easy to do. It's it feels hard but you know that's where the question that's where the whole title of the book came what if it were easy because i think when you ask that question your truth your passion comes out it's not that the path will always be easy because it's life right we're gonna have obstacles and things sometimes it'll be easy sometimes it's going to be really hard but when you really tap into what if it were easy what would i do that's that's probably what you're supposed to do
1: (laughs) yeah the question is a great question because you know, what What if it were easy? It's just, you know, we'd all be doing something else probably, you know.
2: Possibly. And maybe it's possible to do what it is that you'd really want to do. As you're, you know, you could still be doing other things maybe you don't want to do to help you get to the place where it is you're doing the thing you do want to do. But you're
1: now to my friend Jason, too. What's that? You're coaching Jason too.
2: Yes. Oh, are you friends with Jason too?
1: <laughs> yeah, Jason just said uh he just popped on. Uh has been coaching me for a brief time now and she's amazing, super intuitive and gifted. She definitely makes the tricky things seem easy.
2: Oh my gosh. Oh my I
1: I mean, I'll we'll talk about Jason, but the connection of guiding light and Jason and, and other things is really amazing and the power of, you know, um, The soap, Um, you know, I I started as a fan and then worked there. And we actually just lost um, Kaylee Haynes, who Kaylee, um, I met as a fan. With Lucky Land Sluts, you can
2: get lucky just about anywhere.
0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: And she then went to work for Soap Opera Weekly. And yeah. then she went to work for Soap Opera News. And she helped write the Guiding Light collector's book. And uh, yeah. he uh, sadly passed away last Saturday. Um, and it's just amazing because, you know, I met her back. At a Guiding Light fan club gathering in the '80s, um, and it just really is an incredible power that that the genre has of connecting us, us all. I don't know if you are in New York, Sonia, on October eighth, uh, but we are doing the 19th annual Daytime Stars and Strikes event. I will be there. Yeah.
2: I'm already committed. I'm yeah. here. So come on. Yeah. Out oh, up. I can't wait to give you a hug and see you in person. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's such a great cause and uh, such a fun event and such a great opportunity to be together. So, yes, I will see you. Because
1: Amy, Amy said to ask you how Guiding Light led to her becoming my coach.
2: Ah, okay. So this <laughs> one she's so funny so the second time i talked to her she was just like you know you never asked how i found you (laughs) and i was was just like you're right i didn't okay how did you find me and she's just like i knew you since i was 12 and i (laughs) of course in my head i'm just like oh my god what did i do who did i know what happened
1: yeah did you go to to high school
2: and there was a moment of panic of like, um, oh. oh, but then it turns out so her grandmother was a guiding life fan and she was watching and she had really sort of connected to Lucy and sort of tracked and followed me over the years and came to a place where she wanted to make a difference and randomly looks me up again. And there I was like, hey, here's an upper. And she jumped on it and stepped out and now she's.
1: It is yeah. amazing, the, the um, you know, that power. I'm sure, you know, you probably have met many Lucys who are Lucy because of you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Maybe, yeah, um, probably. I, so. I, I hope so, yeah. So I'm going uh, to st- stay
1: here. We're going to sign off. Thank you so much for being here. I will uh, just sign off, and then I'll say goodbye to you in a minute.
2: You got it. Bye, everybody, and bye. Thank you. Thank you for being here, and big shout out and... To- Jason and Amy, my superstars, who are here tonight too, I love and that. everyone else, love you guys. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Sonia. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Don't forget, you can pre-order "What If It Were Easy?" Where books are sold. I will see you all next week. If you haven't yet subscribed to my YouTube channel, you can do so down below. Turn on the notifications for reminders of all upcoming shows. And as always, please stay safe, everybody.